Kedushin, Perik Base, Mishnah Ches 2.8. And this Mishnah wants to answer the question, what happens if a person attempts to be Makadish, a woman, using an item which is invested with Kedusha, sanctity? So really we have three separate cases with three separate halachas. The first case is going to talk about if a person uses sacrificial meat, meaning meat that is coming from an, an offering that's brought in the base of Mikdash. Then the second case will talk about Meiser Shani, and produce. And then the third, we'll be talking about um, things which are invested in sanctity as beta kabayas, their assets that have been consecrated to the base of Mikdash. So the first case here is sacrificial meat. The idea is like this. We're talking from the context of a Kohen, and a Kohen will receive uh, meat from a Korban uh, if he worked that day in the base of Mikdash. So if we're talking, there are two categories of sacrifices that are zvachim, that are animal sacrifices. Some are kadshe kadshem, the more sanctified, and some are kadshem kalim, the lesser sanctified. So kadshe kadshem would be things like a chatas or an asham, uh, which basically the blood is is applied to the mizbeach and um, the emurim, certain parts of the inner innards of the animal, are offered and burned up. But most of the meat is eaten by the kohanim. Um, it's only the male kohanim who can eat it, and it has to happen. Um, in the Azara, in the temple courtyard. Then you have a Kachim Kalim, uh, which the meat could essentially go to the whoever brought the animal, like say, for example, a Shlamim or a Toda, the Bailim. Uh, but there are certain portions, specifically the Chazet and Shok, the chest and the and the right hind leg, uh, which goes to the Kohen. And the Kachim Kalim can be anywhere inside the walls of Jerusalem, so it's more lenient. The question is if a Kohen uses uh, that meat, and we'll come back to what if a non-Kohen uses his portions of Kachim Palm in a moment, to try to be Makadish a woman. So the mission here says that's not going to work. HaMakadish Bechelko, if the Kohen uses his portion of meat and gives it to a woman saying, Harat Makadishli with this meat, Bein Bekadshe Kachim, Bein Bekadshem Kalim, whether we're talking about Kadshe Kachim, the more consecrated, sanctified meat, or Kachim Kalim, the lesser, it doesn't work. It simply won't work. And the reason why is because the status of meat that's from a sacrificial animal is called mamon govoa. It's property of Hashem. And although the Kohen or the person, the Bailam who brings the meat is allowed to eat it, um, that's only his only right. You know, it's, it's God's food, if you will, um, but God gives the right like as inviting almost like for a guest to his table for these people to eat God's meat. And that being the case, um, it doesn't belong to the person who's trying to use it to sanctify the woman, and therefore it can't be considered his moment, and therefore she is not going to be Mukudashis. So our mission here is talking about a Kohen, but the same will be true for a non-Kohen, meaning if a person brings a Shlamim and he gets sacrificial meat, even though he's allowed to eat it in the walls of Jerusalem, but if he gives it to a woman and tries to be Mukudashis with it, she won't be Mukudashis because it's not his meat, it's just he's allowed to eat from Maman Gaboa, from, you know, God's meat, so to speak. That's the first case. Now, the second case is Meister Shani. Meister Shani is that second tithe in the seven-year agricultural cycle in Israel. So, um, in years one, two, four, and five, out of those seven, those four years out of the seven, and there's an obligation to take a second tithe. The first tithe goes to the levy. But there's a second tithe, which a person takes from 10% of what's left over after giving the other things, uh, which he is required to... Um, take to Jerusalem and eat in within the walls of Yerushalayim. It's invested with um, some level of sanctity. Um, there's another option that he could, if it's too much for him to bring it up physically, he could redeem the sanctity of 
uh, the Meister Shani produce onto a coin and bring the coins to Jerusalem and use the money to purchase foodstuffs over there. So the question is, what if a person it gives his Meister, you know, he's sitting in he's sitting in Beit Shemesh and he gives a woman this this you know this wine he says be mekudesh with his wine and the wine is meister shani wine which really has to be eaten or drunk in Jerusalem um, or deemed and then the money brought up to Jerusalem and eaten over there so will that work so the Mishnah says but meister shani so bein b'shogeg bein b'mezid it doesn't matter shogeg which would mean that the woman doesn't know what she's getting and mezid means she does know what she's getting in other words shogeg usually means by accident but here it means that she didn't understand this was invested with the Sanctity, and therefore the requirements of being brought to Jerusalem. So, says the Reb Meir, it doesn't matter if it's a shogig or a mezid, low kidesh, she's just not mukudeshes. And the reason why is because Reb Meir holds that similarly to um, sacrificial meat, Meiser Shani is invested with a sanctity uh, which makes it mamon glavoa. It's really God's produce, so to speak, uh, which a person is to bring to Yushalayim. But he is given the opportunity to, so to speak, eat from God's table, not just with the sacrificial meat, but also with the other produce that was given to him in years 1, 2, 4, 5 as Meister Shani. It's God's food, but he gets to eat it at God's table, so to speak, up in Jerusalem. And that being the case, since it's not his, it really belongs to Hashem. Um, so therefore, there's no way for him to be a Kaddish woman because it's not his money. And uh, that's Reb Meir Shita, and Reb Meir uh, learns it out from a Pasuk, which basically says... Um, Fairly explicitly that 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 uh, it 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 indeed uh, is is Hashem's because the pasuk says that this is Vayikra Chavzayin pasuk Lamed twenty seven thirty it's to Hashem's and he understands that means it's Hashem's property okay that's Rav Meir Shita and that will be the halacha actually but Rabbi Yehuda disagrees Rabbi Yehuda Omer b'shogeg lo kidesh he says. If it's done b'shogig, which in this case, an unusual translation of shogig means it was an accident, meaning the woman accepted this produce not understanding it was a Meister Shani. And therefore, she didn't understand it would require her to bring it up to Jerusalem and eat it over there. She can't eat it now. Or maybe she has to redeem it onto a coin first, whatever the story is. So she didn't know it. And therefore, it's called a mekach uh, You know, she was kedushet tos. She didn't understand what she was getting. So it's a mistake. Therefore, she's not... She was like married under false pretenses, so to speak, and therefore it's not binding. So b'shogeg lo kidesh, it won't work. But b'mezid kidesh, if she understands what she's doing, she says, okay, I'm agreeable to take my sersheni, I'll just bring it to Jerusalem, or I'll deem it to a coin and then drink it here, whatever the story is, or eat it here. So then kidesh, she is mukudeshes, because Rabbi Yehuda holds that my sersheni, while invested with some level of sanctity, is still mamon bailim, it actually belongs to the owner of the Maishasheni. That being the case, as long as the woman understands what she's getting herself into, so she is Mukudesh's because she's she gets to own the produce. And although it's Mukhlokas, like I said, between Rabbi Rabihuda, if Maishasheni is Mamon Govoa or Mamon Hediot, if it belongs to Hashem or belongs to the owner of it, uh, the halacha is like Reb Meir, that it's we Paskin, the Rambam Paskins, that it's Mamon Govoa, and therefore you can't be Makadash a woman with it. Okay, the third case is Uva hektish. Now, hektish here means things that are called hektish for bedek bias. So if a person consecrates something um, that isn't going to go on the mezbeach, he just says, you know, he has a nice pen, and he says, I want to I want to consecrate this, I'm makdish it, and give it to the Beis HaMikdash. So it's the Beis HaMikdash's pen. Okay, invest it with the Kedusha, has to go to the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash ultimately either could use the pen if it needs it for its guest book, or could, you know, sell it in its gift shop to get money to, uh, you know, pay for 
other things that go on the base of Mikdash. And if that would happen, so then the pen being sold by the base of Mikdash uh, would be essentially deconsecrated, and the, the Kedusha would then go onto the money, and whoever bought the pen could use the pen as deconsecrated. So the question is, if I'm Maktish, a pen first, now it belongs to the base of Mikdash, and then I take that pen and I give it to a woman and say, you're Mikudeshus with this pen. Now obviously that's a no-no, because it's not my pen to use anymore. I've given it to the base of Mikdash. However, there is a halacha called... Um, there is a poss- if a person would do that, so then it would be uh, it would be deconsecrated. And once it's deconsecrated, so then if you, whenever you use you misappropriate hektish and you use it um, for a non for your own purposes, so it does get deconsecrated. Um, the Torah prohibits that, and uh, there's actually a, a portion of the Torah called meila. If a person under certain circumstances and uses um, hektish for his own purposes, so then um, Besides for deconsecrating it, he has to make restitution by giving a replacement to the base of English, adding an extra chomish penalty, like 25% penalty. And there's also a, an asham ilos, there's a korban to be brought under certain circumstances. So um, the point is, it can be deconsecrated if you use it. And the, therefore, if a person would use the hektish, you know, this consecrated pen to marry a woman, it's going to become deconsecrated um, under certain circumstances. So the question is, is she now Mekudeshis? So the Mishnah says like this. Again, Machlokas, Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda, although this time the Allah will ultimately be like Reb Yehuda. It says, Uva Hektish. If a person gives a woman Hektish to consecrate, to marry her, to be Mekadish her, Bemezid, if he does it on purpose, that means he and she both understand this is Hektish, and they say, okay, so we'll just use this pen and deconsecrate it, using it to be Mekadish the woman. And she'll accept it. So then... Um, Kidesh, she is consecrated because according to uh, Rebbe Meir, that would deconsecrate the pen, and although they're being a bad boy and girl by using so to speak, God's pen uh, in the Hektesh, excuse me, in the Kedushan process, but bottom line is now she became the owner of a Hulan pen that got deconsecrated, they might have done Navera, uh, but the point is she's now married. Uva Shogig, however, if it was done inadvertently, meaning um, that she didn't know, or, or that what she was getting, or for that matter, he didn't know what he was doing. So then, low kiddush, it wouldn't work. And the reason why is because once again, this is in a situation of um, kiddush and It's a it's a mistake. They wouldn't have used this pen if they'd have known um, that they were deconsecrating, and therefore they wouldn't mean to do it. Therefore, it's you know they wouldn't be agreeable. And since she didn't understand, she wouldn't agree, or he wouldn't agree to do it. It's called a taos, and therefore not binding. That is. Rabbi Meir Shita. Rebutus, but the point is that Rabbi uh, Meir holds that if you would use it, it would deconsecrate the pen because whether you're doing it intentionally, it or inadvertently, Bishogeg, if you use it for your personal purposes, it deconsecrates. Now, Rabbi Yudah Omer Bishogeg Kiddush. Rabbi Yudah says, listen, when it comes to Me'ila, when it comes to deconsecration of and misappropriation of um, hektish property. So, if you do it bishogeg, if you do it inadvertently, you don't realize what you're doing, so then the rule is it is deconsecrated. Accidents happen. The Torah has a prescription which says, don't let accidents happen to the best you can. And if you do, it's deconsecrated, you misappropriated the sanctified funds, you have to replay, repay it with the chomesh and bring your korban me'ila, fine. And therefore, the bottom line is, it's deconsecrated, so the woman is going to be now receiving something which is 
deconsecrated, she gets the pen, it's got value, and she becomes Mokodeshus. But Bemezel Kiddush, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you only can uh, deconsecrate Hektish like that if you do it uh, on accident. If you do it on purpose, then like the, this Parsha doesn't doesn't play itself out. Um, you If you try to use Hektish intentionally for your own personal purposes, that's a no-no, uh, but it doesn't get deconsecrated. So that being the case, if he knows what he's doing and she knows what she's doing and he gives her the, the, the pen that's hectish, so it stays hectish. And that being the case, she of course is not uh, Mukadesh because it remains Maman Gavol. It remains the property of Hashem, the base of Mikdash, and therefore it's impossible to use such a thing to Mukadesh a woman. In this case, the Lachas like Rabbi Yehuda, meaning that uh, if you did it Bishogeg, it would be Mekadashar because it would deconsecrate. But if you tried to do it Bamezid, since it doesn't de- de- get deconsecrated, she isn't Mukudeshas.